And the Russian ambassador was trying his very best to get pictures with the American ambassador at different places. And he'd like deliver bottles of vodka to me and do all like all kinds of stuff where my embassy <laughs> folks would say, don't drink that vodka. Welcome to Canusa Street, a podcast at the intersection of the issues and policies between Canada and the United States. Here are your hosts, Scotty Greenwood and Chris Sands. Welcome back to Canusa Street, everybody. I'm Scotty Greenwood with the Canadian American Business Council, and I am flying solo today. My co-pilot, Chris Sands, is on an airplane. Um, And we didn't want to miss the opportunity to have a conversation today in particular with our very special guest, uh, because we're getting ready for President Biden's trip to Ottawa. And our honored, distinguished guest knows President Biden well, and he knows a lot about these bilateral visits because we get to talk today, hooray, to the Honorable Bruce Heyman, His Excellency Bruce Heyman, who I think everybody knows um, was President Obama's ambassador to Canada. But before I introduce him properly, let me just say hello, Ambassador. How are you? It's so good to be here and to do this uh, podcast with you on this very momentous time for uh, our two countries. It really is good to see you too, my friend. And I think you and I will probably see each other in Ottawa. Uh, I'm headed there tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday. Uh, The president's headed there a little later. And then there's a speech to parliament. There's a dinner. We're having an after party. Will I see you at all those things? You'll see me at a lot of them. I'll tell you, it's the intent. Vicky's flying in tomorrow and we're very much looking forward to returning to Ottawa. And what, what a what a great way to return. You know, it was uh, December of 2016 when we greeted then Vice President Biden for a that's right uh, a state dinner that was held in his honor, which he was so proud of. And he bragged, in fact, that morning to President Obama about it. And President Obama was like, what are you doing? A state dinner for who? For you. Why you? And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a, a real testament to Uh, the relationship that the Trudeau government had with the Obama administration, but also a friendship and a moment and, oh, a great investment by the prime minister in uh, in a relationship that turns out to be paying dividends to this week. That's that's absolutely right. And um, so we're going to get into it. I want to introduce you properly, though. I don't I don't think there's anybody in Canada U.S. relations that doesn't know you and your amazing wife, Vicki Hammond. But just just for the record, uh, because this is how we do it, let me give you the proper introduction. So everybody knows already that Bruce Hammond is the former U.S. ambassador to Canada, appointed by President Obama. He served 2014 to 2017, I think, right? Um, And besides the visit that he just mentioned of then-Vice President Biden to Ottawa, Ambassador Heyman played a key role in President Obama's visit to the North American Leaders Summit in 2016, and also something that several of us remember well, which was that epic visit that Prime Minister Trudeau had to Washington in 2015. That was so much fun. What It was fun. What people may know or not, Ambassador Heyman is the co-founder of Uncharted, an organization that convenes and connects diverse groups of Americans and Canadians for impact. And I think your co-founder is probably one Vicki Heyman. Is that right? It is. All right. 
the best ever. Uh, they work on philanthropy, on storytelling, on political activism. And just as an aside, they did a lot of work in the last election cycle getting Americans abroad uh, to cast their votes. And we had a really fun discussion um, during the last election cycle uh, with the Heymans uh, for their work there. So that was amazing. They also are the co-author of a book, The Art of Diplomacy, The Art of Diplomacy. It highlights the extraordinary country of Canada that we all love, and it takes an in-depth look at why now more than ever, diplomacy matters. So Ambassador Heyman is the co-chair of the advisory board of the Canada Institute at Woodrow Wilson Center. So um, in that respect, I think you might be Professor Sands' boss. And you're also an honorary patron of the Council of the Great Lakes. That makes sense for a guy uh, with deep ties to Chicago. I think everybody knows that Ambassador Heyman, before he was appointed by the president, was a veteran at Goldman Sachs. Um, what people might not know is that Ambassador Heyman, one million years ago, worked on Capitol Hill. You were an intern with Congressman Charles Whalen of Ohio back in the day. There you go. So anyway, it's so good to see you. It's so good to have you. Let me just get right into it, Ambassador. What are you looking for most um, in this in this official visit? The President Biden's first visit as president, although he sees Prime Minister Trudeau a lot on the global circuit, but his first visit and a notable bilateral visit what are you looking to what are you looking for to come out of this? So when two friends get together um, and the relationship is as strong as it has been, um, and I say regardless of party in Canada and the US, yeah, that we should never take our relationship for granted. And these me these meetings that take place on either side of our border where the prime minister comes to the U.S. or the president goes to Canada is a moment of affirmation yeah. of the relationship. It's a recognition of the importance of the relationship. And I'm going to take my time to invest and affirm the importance of the relationship. I know everybody wants to talk about, and I'm sure we'll talk somewhat about some of the tactics and some of the individual you know, conversations that might be taking place. Um, but we shouldn't let that, as the tail wag the dog, we shouldn't let that be the lead story. The lead story is no two countries in the entire world have a better, more, um, uh, more interlocking relationship with the largest trading relationship that we have with environment, um, with geopolitics, with defense, with so many different areas. Um, but you always have to take time to say thank you, right. to pause a minute, yeah. and to reaffirm how important the relationship is. And you should never let it be taken for granted. I think that's right. I think it's a little bit like uh, graduations and birthdays and bar mitzvahs and and you know, having these official functions, which cause us to, to pause and reflect on the accomplishment in the case of a graduation, uh, there is some ceremony, but there's also reflection there. And 
we do these things in life uh, that are important. Uh, so I, I agree. Let me let me ask you, because you have been, as they say in Hamilton, you've been in the room where it happens. What does it feel like when when the leaders get together? What's the what is the vibe, um, particularly with these leaders? Because, you know, Prime Minister Trudeau and President Biden quite well. Yeah. Um, first of all, they're both affable people. And so it isn't going to be a tension moment or a moment of any anxiety. It will be because they have now interacted with each other multiple times in different venues and in different ways. They, they have a real relationship. And so this will be like two friends that haven't seen each other for a bit that they're now getting together. Um, yeah. you know, catching up on on a number of things. I, I really think it's great that both first ladies um, will be uh, with the two of them and dinner and in the various events, because I, I do think that that adds some more familiarity um, in terms of the relationship. Um, so it'll be it'll be friendly. It'll be energy filled. But yet we, Scotty, you know this, we're in a pretty serious moment globally. We are. There are a lot of very serious um, things happening around the world and um, more so outside of our shared country. But there are issues even at home. And those things will need to be addressed. And it's so much easier to address them when you have a personal relationship with somebody than whether you met them for the first time or you have an adversarial relationship, it it just makes it a lot easier to be able to have the conversations that I think will take place over the next day and a half. I, I think so, too. You know, you mentioned the world stage um, and what's going on outside of North America. And I can't help but think about just this week, uh, if you were in the United States and you turned on the TV, you would see coverage of the Russia-China summit, right? Xi and Putin got together. And and I had a split screen moment. You know, I, I thought Canada is the second largest landmass in the world, right? It's a giant country geographically. And when you add in Mexico, North America, we are a huge population with an amazing economic presence and a totally different set of values. So did you have that split screen moment, too? And when you talk about the troubles in the world, are you thinking about Russia, thinking about China or thinking about something else? No, you're spot on. That's exactly what I was thinking about. And I was thinking about the contrast. So we have the leader of the largest economy in the world and the second largest economy in the world uh, going out and venturing out of their countries to meet with their friends. And the stark contrast between China and its friend Russia and the U.S. and its friend Canada and what those meetings will look like and what the values that that are represented by those alliances, um, I think they're starkly different. Authoritarian regimes coming together um, versus uh, democratic um, you know, liberal democracy yeah. and, and the values yeah. that we represent, even though, yes, we may see even those threats at home that make no mistake about it. We are um, we are two democracies that um, have uh, rule of law 
and uh, free trade and a set of values that we hold dear. And the contrast is stark. And in some ways, it's dark. And the darkness that Russia has brought upon uh, the world, and I say the world, even though the invasion has taken place very specifically in Ukraine, that I think the Western world recognizes the threat that that poses for not just Ukraine, but even, you know, further out. Absolutely. So um, I want to take a little break here. And when we come back, we've talked about the positive um, aspects of the friendship. Um, and we've talked about the the challenge or the contrast, you said so well, between autocracy and democracy. I think we'll hear President Biden uh, use that theme in his speech to Parliament. But when we come back in a moment, Ambassador, let's talk about a couple of the challenges, Um, challenges in your day, challenges today. So uh, we'll be right back. Are you red, white and blue or just red and white? Beaver or bald eagle? Ryan Reynolds or JLo? Canusa Street, a masterclass in cross-border relations. This is where Canada and the United States intersect on the policies and issues of our two great nations. But you know that already. That's why you're here. The question is, if you want more of this bilateral bonanza delivered directly to your inbox, and you know you do, how about signing up for Scotty Greenwood's weekly email updates on Canada-US relations? Head to cabc.co to sign up today. And now back to Canusa Street. Welcome back to Canusa Street, everybody. Uh, I'm Scotty Greenwood with Canadian American Business Council, flying solo without Chris Sands, although um, he's here in spirit. And he's at 30,000 feet right now, actually. And this is a very special episode at a very special time. We have Ambassador Bruce Heyman, who was President Obama's ambassador to Canada, um, and, or one of them, Ambassador David Jacobson, also had that privilege. Uh, two-term president, you get two ambassadors. So uh, we when, before we broke, we were talking about the, the context of the, of the world. Let's bring it back, if we could, Ambassador, to Canada-U.S. relations for a moment, because um, as you alluded to, it's it's a very good relationship between two dear friends. But there are, as in any relationship, there are challenges. And I wonder um, what you think sort of the top uh, differences might be uh, for this trip. And how does that compare with when you were um, when when you were hosting uh, President Obama in Canada or President, Prime Minister Trudeau in Washington? So when I first arrived, very first arrived, and and it was with the Harper government, there were two key uh, stress points that existed at that time. Uh, One was Keystone Pipeline, and the other was the new bridge that, uh, you know, now called the Gordie Howe Bridge, but the the new uh, bridge that was uh, being proposed at the time. And there was a desire by Canada to uh, one, have the U.S. pay for at least some large portion of the bridge, and two, give us uh, approval on the Keystone Pipeline. Um, So those were the larger main topic uh, points. We did have to deal with ISIS, and we did have to deal with issues within the Middle East, but nothing like what we're experiencing today with with Ukraine. Yeah. when we fast forwarded to the Trudeau government and those decisions were largely made and and uh, put behind us, 
The other things that we were focusing on was expanding pre-clearance between our two countries. Um, that was accomplished, um, you know, during the state visit uh, when Trudeau visited the White House and and afterwards when we had a signing ceremony, actually, um, at the State Department. That was a big deal. The, 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 the other things were softwood lumber, uh, dairy was also an issue. Some of these things are perennial. And so some of them haven't been solved and still remain a topic of, of let's call it uh, robust conversation between our two countries. And some of them are new. Um, it's good to see the nexus uh, situation apparently resolved at this point. But that was a weird, you know, um, outgrowth post-COVID of what's happening. I think the bigger issues uh, right now are... Um, are what's happening at our immigration in North America and how that might be impacting not only the U.S. southern border, but how the relationship may be impacted in the northern border around that. I think defense spending is a, a perennial issue that comes up. Canada is historically a bottom quartile participant in, in meeting its NATO obligations, albeit F-35 commitments and new NORAD uh, modernization commitments this last year may mitigate that conversation. But I still think even including that, um, we're talking about, you know, uh, behind some of the some of the other folks that are out there. Yeah. Um, Haiti is a newer issue that will probably come up. And uh, there there, you know, I think that there's some point and I don't mean this in any negative way. And I hope people don't take it negatively. but I think Canada very much enjoys playing in a leadership role on the world stage. But with that uh, comes some responsibility mm -hmm. uh, of playing at a heavy level. And so I mentioned dollars. There will probably be some pressure of what else are you going to do for Ukraine? But now we have this other issue in North America, um, in Haiti, and there might be some conversations around that. No doubt. Um, there are differences in Canada and how uh, Canada looks at uh, media organizations and social media organizations and the potential taxation of news flow coming in, which may be contrary to U.S. policy and how we believe that. That could easily be an issue. I could see dairy and softwood lumber coming up again because it's just that's the way it is. It does come up. And those are yep. um, those are issues that take place. I think Buy America has always been an issue. It may be elevated again because of the language of where we are and how much U.S. spending is taking place that we're going to spend a lot of money and it's going to be, um, you know, for Americans, by Americans, although the IRA uh, bill the, uh, was modified. Yeah. So I think there's so many topics that are going to come up and that are going to be addressed. Um, and it, I think the banking crisis may be an issue that wasn't there. Like it wasn't even on anybody's short list of topics three weeks ago. Right, and right. it may be at least something to be addressed now and inflation and interest rates and the banking situation and how we're going to, you know, how is the U.S. thinking about that and what we're doing? So but, but what's interesting about this is there are so many things that can be discussed yes. that there are there's only a limited amount of time. And so they have to prioritize the things that are most important to each country. 
and they'll it, it, there's some formality to this that the you know the Canadians have prepared their list of things. The U.S. has prepared its list of things. We're going to sit across of a big table with lots of people around. You're going to read through some of these things, and you're going to say we want this addressed. And then there are things that they've already pre-agreed to that will be announced. And we'll say, we, we came out of this conference, and this is the last two days, and this is what we've decided. Right. Well, those, a lot of those have been decided already, right. and right. they're already you know dotting the I's and crossing the T's on the language of that. So it's going to be good. It's going to be thoughtful. And it's an opportunity for each leader to tell each other how important a specific issue is to them. And I remember very specifically Prime Minister Trudeau telling President Obama about softwood lumber very specifically on a several occasions. Yeah. Um, and the message was received, but yet not not necessarily rose to being resolved, obviously, at that time. Yeah, you've you've gone through the list quite comprehensively of 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 the you know, kind of the hit parade. The one thing that you didn't say, so I'll ask you about it and see what you think um, and actually see if you've traveled to the region is the Arctic. You know, when we think about Russia's aggression, when we think about China's ambition, um, yeah. the Arctic is always important, but it feels like now might be the time uh, to really think about the Arctic. So first of all, did you Foreign Affairs, Global Affairs Canada, DFATE, whatever it was called when you were ambassador, they often take ambassadors up north. Did you do that trip or have how much have you spent up there? Tell us about that. So I did that trip, but I also did a trip with students on ice and got on a ship and went through with a whole bunch of students uh, wow. through the north parts of the Northwest Passage and across to Greenland. Amazing. Um so the, the trip with the ambassadors was fascinating because what was really fascinating about it is that there were tensions even then with Russia, but the Russian ambassadors coming along and the Ukrainian ambassador was along. Whoa. And so you had the Crimea issue. You didn't yeah. have the issue that we have today. But there was there was definitely tension. And the Russian ambassador was trying his very best to like get pictures with the American ambassador at different places. And he would like deliver bottles of vodka to me and do all, <laughs> like all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, uh, where my embassy folks say, don't drink that vodka. Don't drink that vodka. I said, OK, I won't drink it. So were you, were you avoiding selfies that whole time? Like trying to like not. I was trying, but boy, that guy was determined to like pop in and here we are. Let's let's remember Yalta. And I was like, are you oh serious? Gosh. Like, what are you kidding me? <laughs> so there was some there was some, uh, you know, side, a little bit of humor, but some anxiety that went with the trip. But the trip was, you know, it's fascinating trip. You know, you go everywhere from, you know, doing the uh, the toe cocktail up in the Yukon and you, you go to the Arctic and see the indigenous, beautiful indigenous populations. And yeah. I think you're right, though. There there are. Look, we have we have things that we haven't talked about. You know, we the U.S. and Canada haven't resolved our, our border in the Arctic. And we have a different perspective with regard to you know, the Northwest Passage and ships going through, whether permission needs to be given to Canada or not, because Canada believes it's theirs and it's an internal country yeah, passage yeah. where, you know, others, others, let's call it, may not. Right. And uh, and then there's drilling, uh, which may or may not take place in the Arctic and the complexity of the president then agreeing to uh, 
a new Cana- uh, new Alaskan pipeline. Right. All at the time when, hey, wait a minute, what about, what about us going on? Um, so, yeah, there's a lot there, Scotty. And the Arctic is uh, is definitely a subject. And by the way, they say there are untold minerals that are up there that could solve, you know, yes. our EV issues for a long time and who has them and then the russians poking around up there and you know it's a uh, it's a complicated place and it has its own ambassador now the really? the uh, arctic so um it's kind of separate in a way the u.s is uh has designated its own representative for the arctic itself yeah well so i'm so grateful for your time i know you're uh slammed you're you're very gracious to to um, to share your thoughts with us, and and I really do look forward to seeing you at, at dinner on Friday, uh, if not before. Um, so let me let me just ask one more question, and then you can ra- you can talk about anything you want. Also, but y- you mentioned the the te- the tensions brewing with the Russian ambassador on that trip, that, that epic trip you took uh, as ambassador. What in contrast to that, I find the diplomatic corps in any world capital, you make some friends and it's not necessarily you do business with the people you need to do business with, of course, and you have good cordial relations. But your successor, uh, Kelly Kraft, our mutual friend, uh, I think her best friend in the diplomatic corps was the Israeli ambassador. They became good friends. You know, Ambassador Giffen that I worked for um, a million years ago was close to several, um, but I remember the Mexican ambassador's farewell party uh, was amazing. It's amazing that I remember it because there was a lot of tequila that was served before we even got in the front door. So when you think about the dear friendships you made um, with your colleagues in the diplomatic corps, what who stands out or what, what stands out to you? So I, I really developed an interesting set of relationships with some of the Baltic countries coming together and you know, the, those folks were, you know, what I didn't fully appreciate or understand how they felt um, being um, in Russia's shadow. And we had dinners together and I got along. But I honestly, the closest set of relationships um, were it was Italian and uh, uh, Mexico, though. Uh, we, we met very often and talk through a lot of issues uh, with Mexico. New Zealand, I'll very close uh, to New Zealand. So, you know, a few places that I probably have on my bucket list to go visit that I haven't done yet. But let, let me bring this together and just say, Scotty, thank you to you uh, for your leadership with CABC, for your continued, you know, there are very few people um, uh, that continue on with the passion of caring about the Canada-U.S. relationship. And, you know, while I take some pride in continuing because I, I tell people I, I went to Canada liking Canada and I left in love. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but you, you deeply committed yourself to this relationship and you've done it in a very professional way. And so thanks for your leadership on that. Well, gosh, thanks for that wonderful endorsement. And I could see you could read my handwriting there. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but thank you for those very kind words. And and also, I know you, if Chris Sands were on this call with us, you would have equally lovely things to say. Um, I know you work caref- 
closely together when, when your leadership as vice chair of his board. And I know he's very grateful to you for that. And, you know, you and Vicki have remained involved and that matters to people. You've remained involved in the conversation. Um, and so that's uh, that's really wonderful. And that's evident in the fact that the prime minister uh, and the vice president would like to have you back in the room where it happens uh, later this week. So I, I look forward to seeing you there and back at you with the kind words. Uh, and thank you for helping tee up uh, what this visit is all about for our listeners, because, you know, the Canusa Street listeners are very discerning and I know they're going to enjoy this episode quite a lot. Great. Look forward to uh, catching up with you in person. You too. Sounds good. Thanks, Ambassador. Well, everybody, what a wonderful conversation uh, I just had the pleasure of having with Bruce Heyman. He is he and his wife, Vicki, have really been advocates for the Canada-U.S. relationship um, the whole time they were in office and pretty much every day since they've been in office. And to give you a little bit of an evidence of that, we were talking to him today and he was in Montreal. Uh, I'm here in Washington and the two of us will see each other. The three of us, Vicki, Bruce and I will see each other uh during the state, or it's not a state visit, during the working visit uh, of the President of the United States to Canada. So it's it's a big week uh, for the Canada-U.S. relationship, and, and I thought it was terrific to have the chance to get the perspective of somebody who's been through a few of these trips uh, with these exact leaders. Uh, so that's, that's pretty special, too. So uh, I'm grateful to Ambassador Heyman and grateful to all of our wonderful listeners on Canusa Street, and we will see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by the Canadian American Business Council and the Wilson Center. If you like this episode, help others find our show and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.